Welcome to our Sunday Sermon Podcast with City Harvest AG Church. Wherever you are in life, we believe that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Here at City Harvest, we believe in the undiluted Word of God and the teachings here will enhance your understanding of the Scripture and will help you grow and mature as a Christian. So we hope and pray that you will be blessed by this sermon. Today's sermon is brought to us by Pastor Shine Thomas. Today morning, I want to speak to you from uh, regarding the stages of growth and how you can really grow uh, and the stages of growth, stages of spiritual maturity. And I have taken this passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and this verse 18. Paul says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So Paul is talking about growing from glory to glory, from ever-increasing glory to another level of glory in our spiritual life. And that is the writings of most of the New Testament epistles. If you see, all of the epistle writers want believers for us to grow Nobody wants us to be stagnant. We don't want a child to be stagnant. We don't want anything to be stagnant. We don't want our profession to be stagnant. Have you seen people telling that, I feel very stagnant in this workplace and I feel I need a change. I'm not growing. Have you ever thought about growing in your spiritual life? Are you stagnant? Are you come to a place where there is no growth and in your spiritual life, there is no freshness in your spiritual life? God desires for you to grow. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, it says that make every effort to add to your faith goodness. So there is always an addition that comes. Addition of our good virtues, we keep developing on that as we grow and mature in the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there is a growth again, Peter mentions. In 1 Timothy, Paul talking to Timothy, he's telling, train yourself to be godly. So there is a training that is needed. There is intentional work that is needed in our spiritual life. It does not happen automatically. Many people feel that once you are born again, that's it. You are baptized and you are there. No, that is just a starting point and we have a long race to run and there is a growing that is needed in our spiritual life, a training that is needed in our spiritual life. And Hebrews puts it in such a way, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1, move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. Dear friends, my desire for every one of you as your pastor at City Harvest is not a mega church growth. But every one of you who come over here, you grow personally in your relationship and in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's my prayer. And that's why I'm preaching to you with this great burden that we need to put our foundations to grow in the love and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christian life is a life of contrast and continuity. What is contrast? The same thing keeps changing, but the essence is the same, but it continues to grow. And that's how Christian life is picturized in the Bible. I remember when we got married and after a couple of years, we got the very good news of our first son being 
conceived and it was a very joyful occasion for us after a couple of years we had our second conception two children god has blessed us with and i remember the times where we used to go to the hospital for our checkups in the hospital and the doctor would take her to the scan room and i would be there and we could see our baby where a small little baby in a supine position in the mother's womb and that was the world for us and we used to capitalize that picture and go and the next scan what are we looking at we're looking for growth of the child and then finally the baby was born by the time we got our second child uh, it was a time of photographs and we took a lot of photographs and everywhere i used to go i used to show this photographs to people telling the the child that has born for us and then we celebrated our children's first birthday and the child has grown okay and recently we celebrated our birthdays they have grown they are in their mid teens and late teens and the latest picture is the greatest picture it does not mean that the old pictures are not valued but we don't want our children to be right in that first year birthday picture and second year picture we want them to grow and come to understand us and come and hug us and take responsibilities in life and likewise in our christian life there is contrast and continuity the essence is the same the child that was in that scan is the same child that is a 19 or 20 year old children that god has blessed us with but the essence is the same but there is continuity and progression in the growth of a child and likewise god wants us to grow in contrast and in continuity in our christian lives we don't change we are the same people but inside we are being changed to be in the image and in the formation in the character and the likeness of our lord jesus christ now paul talking in the second corinthians chapter 3 talks about the contrast and the continuity of the old covenant and the new covenant there is a growth in the gospel growth in the word of god from the old testament to the new testament and with that contrast we need to understand that how the gospel has grown in contrast and continuity from the law that was given to moses to the glory that has come in christ we also should grow paul is telling us from ever increasing glory to glory it's not that the law was bad the law was glorious but the new testament the covenant in christ is even more glorious go home and read this passage you will get to know how paul is contrasting the contrast and continuity of our the scriptures from the hebrew scripture to the new testament scripture uh, we find about the glory of christ the glory of the risen christ and i will just quickly go through that contrast about the old covenant and the new covenant in the table that is coming up over here in john chapter 1 verse 17 we can find there is a contrast between the law that came through moses and grace and truth that came through the lord jesus christ and if you come to second corinthians chapter 3 i will focus on this chapter now it says in chapter 3 and this verse 3 the contrast of the law written in the tablets of stone on mount sinai and given to moses on that mount sinai to in the new testament the law of god written on human heart 
in second corinthians chapter 3 verse 3 again the law was written with ink on the parchments in the old testament but in the new testament the law is written in our hearts by the spirit of god in second corinthians chapter 3 verse 9 now we can find that the old testament was a ministry of condemnation in other words what is the ministry of condemnation to let people know that they are sinful and they need remission of their sins they need sacrifices they need to come to the temple they need a god who can forgive their sins and the law condemned the people of israel and the people who are under the law but in the new testament it is a ministry of righteousness we don't stand here by our own righteousness we stand here by the righteousness of christ so there is a progression in how the old covenant and the new covenant has come and given to us in the holy bible in the old testament we can find uh, in second corinthians chapter 3 verse 10 paul talking about the past glory in the mount sinai the glory of god that came down on mount sinai now when the law was given it is called as the past glory but in the new covenant it is the surpassing glory in comparison with the old one can you see the contrast and com- continuity of the gospel and in second corinthians chapter 3 and this verse 11 paul calls it fading glory the old testament when moses came down from mount sinai his face was shining and as he came out after some time the shine became less and then after some time people could watch him it was a fading glory of the law in the old testament but in the new testament it is lasting glory according to verse 11 and in remaining glory the glory that remains on god's people it is not a fading glory anymore it's a remaining glory second corinthians chapter 3 verse 11 In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 12 to 13 Paul talks about that when Moses came down from Mount Sinai uh, he was very embarrassed because people could not see him and he had to cover himself with a veil it is Moses had to cover himself but in the New Testament in 12 and 13 it says that we have a hope and Paul is telling about the boldness that comes to us in the new covenant the boldness of Paul against the comparison to the embarrassment of Moses in 2 Corinthians 3:14 we can find even though they came to God with the law their faces were veiled the faces were covered but in the new testament the progression is when Christ came the veil is removed and we can see God as who he is this is the best time in history of mankind where one can have a real relationship with the one true god where god has been revealed through his son jesus christ and then paul says in second corinthians chapter 3 verse 11 the law was imprisoning people according to the laws and its custom but in christ jesus we have the freedom in those for those who believe in jesus christ can you see the progression of the law to grace in the new testament the gospel is a progressing gospel we find what we find in the old testament is the same gospel but it has progressed in the revelation of the person of god in christ jesus in the new testament and it doesn't end over here it still progresses one day christ will return to this earth in his glory in his power and then we have a even greater revelation of who this god is so our faith in christ and the revelation of god in the bible and the revelation of god in the days to come in the coming of the lord is a progressive revelation 
and we will grow from glory to glory as the children of God. Now with that in context, Paul comes to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and this verse 18 and he tells us how we are supposed to grow in our spiritual lives. 2 Corinthians and chapter 3 and it's 16 onwards. When any, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken over. There is a new revelation that is given to us about Christ when we turn from our sins, turn from our dead situation of sin and when we receive Jesus into our life. Jesus who is life will give us his life and the veil is taken over. Not because of our grace. We were dead in sins and trespasses. But because of God's grace. And God opening our understanding to know who the real God is. That veil has been taken from us. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord. The veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. There is freedom. Can you see the progression? Our veils have been taken away and there is freedom. And now come to verse 18. Paul says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Look at that word. We are all being transformed as the children of God. God wants us to grow and be transformed from ever increasing glory to glory in our spiritual life. Right as we live our lives on earth. How is your intent in your Christian life? Are you intentional for growth? Is there prayer? Is there Bible reading? How is your commitment to grow in the Lord as a family? Are you intending that as you want your children to grow in their physical structure and grow in their education, that you take equal importance for your children to grow in the word of God and in the wisdom of God from ever increasing glory to glory? That's where God wants us to prioritize the things of God in this year. Dear friends, we have wasted many years. A lot of precious times have gone. How much of time we have wasted on Netflix, our mobile phones. But how much time have we given to the Lord? Let's make a commitment to be transformed this year. Use every opportunity individually, as a family, as a community to grow from glory to glory. Paul says, we are being transformed into his image. And that's a beautiful word that Paul uses. On your screens will come the picture of a beautiful butterfly. We picked it up from the net, but I'm sure that we all have seen beautiful creatures of God. Wonderful butterflies. Butterflies are unique and fragile creatures with a lifespan that ranges from a brief three days to six months. That's all its lifespan. These beautiful creatures that God has created. And researchers say that butterflies can live on an average two weeks. That's all. They live in an average of a two-week window and their complete 
life span is a process of four stages of transformation or continuity the egg the caterpillar the pupa or the chrysalis and the full blown butterfly researchers say that around the world there are 18000 species of butterflies and somewhere in an average time of around 2 weeks they live and they always are progressing to this transformation that is happening right within them a butterfly egg is put is just like a pinhead and the female butterfly goes to some plants and at the behind of the leaf lays the egg and the egg hatches and comes a beautiful caterpillar and caterpillar cannot feed on all the plants around the world there are certain plants in which caterpillars can feed and the mother knows where to lay them and they are voracious eaters they just eat and eat and eat you seen if there is a caterpillar in one of our garden plants they just eat away the plants they want to grow and after some time this eating caterpillar will come to the next level called as the pupa where the outer crust becomes like a crust and hard uh, sand or called as chrysalis and it is so beautiful to look different butterflies where it sometimes when the radiant sun comes on this chrysalis it shines like diamonds and gold and then there is something happening inside of that butterfly the pupa is waiting to grow and to transform to the next level and out comes the beautiful butterfly transformation and when paul uses the word transformation it is in science when we look at butterflies transformation the science calls that word metamorphosis and incidentally when paul uses that word in second corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 and romans chapter 12 verse 2 be transformed by the renewing of the mind paul uses the same greek word from which metamorphosis came and he uses the word metamorphosis in that word in other words look at the butterflies look at the butterflies world and we as christians have to grow in the image and the likeness of christ having the transformation by the power of god that is within us there is no stagnancy in the life of a caterpillar it's always growing and there is no stagnancy in the life of a believer one of the great things we enjoy paul says is that we are being transformed with an ever increasing glory we go on from glory to glory from one stage to another in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ but how does that growth happen paul also tells us in second corinthians 3 verse 18 how the growth happens let us look at that word a little more uh, intently to see how that growth happens in our lives how the transformation or the metamorphosis happens in our own lives verse 18 says we all who with unveiled faces i want to stop there look at how paul starts and we all what is paul talking about 
He's talking about community life. He's talking about church life. He's talking about small groups, carousels, where growth really happens. Spiritual life is not an isolated journey. Many of you may be sitting over here and you do not know a single person at City Harvest. Growth does not happen like that. That is not a healthy church. If you want to grow in the Lord, you need to know people. You need to know believers in the church. And growth happens in fellowship with the community. Spiritual life is not an isolated journey. It is not a solo expedition. It is a community occasion and Christian life can be lived and practiced only in community. Amen. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 19, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the spirit. Where do we do that? We do that in the church. We do that in the castles. We do that in the community. And it takes intentional effort for us to be a part of the community. Yes, communities are not easy going. There are different kinds of people. People with different kinds of temperaments. People with different kinds of expectations. And for the larger cause of the kingdom of God and our growth, not only for me, but my family, my children, and my society, and my influence in the Lord, I am willing to put up with every, because we are all in flesh, we will all have our weakness, but I am willing to overlook all that for the greater glory that God is achieving in me in Christian fellowship. Amen? If you have been hurt by church, don't worry, all of us are hurt by church. There is nobody in this world who has never been hurt by church. It happens. Have you never been hurt by your family? So will you stop going to your family? Has your wife never hurt you? Has your husband never hurt you? So do they not become your family? So it's just an excuse we say that church has hurt. I'm not talking about city harvest. I'm talking about overall. Worldwide. We're all a group of broken people. And if we can forgive our family members, why can't we forgive church people? It is an excuse not to come. It's an excuse not to grow. Overlook all this for a greater glory that God is achieving in us. Christian life is a community life. You and I do not create the unity when we come together. Do you know that you have so much to offer? I have so much to offer. Our children have so much to offer. And when we stand together in unity, there is so much of strength. And that unity we don't create. The unity is already there because of the body of Christ. We just discover that. When we set aside our ego, when we set aside our pride, and for us one cause is the body of Christ. The unity is discovered which, which Christ died for. God has made that unity and we discovered that and we experienced that. So how to grow? Growth happens in community. When the church calls for fasting prayers, come, fellowship. When the church calls for Sunday morning services, come. I think enough of online is done. We have spent almost two years. As long as you are healthy, vaccinated, you're putting on your masks, come to church. Don't stop coming to church. Start your week by coming to church and worshipping the Lord. You know the difference between worshipping at church and worshipping at home, isn't it? Come fellowship and grow in the Lord in the community. 
Secondly, Paul says, let's look at that word again. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. And the King James Version beautifully says, we all with open face beholding us in a glass the glory of God. What is he talking about? When we see the glory of God, it's as if looking at it a mirror. And what does a mirror tell us? Mirror is the word of God. In James, we can find in chapter 1, verse 23 and 24. Anyone who listens to the word of God but does not do what it says is like somebody who looks at his face in a mirror. So where do we reflect God's glory? What is a mirror given to us? Is the pure amazing, inspired word of God. And here we behold the Lord's glory. Community life. And when we come as a community, now we are beholding the Lord's glory as we are studying the word of God. That's why churches have to preach the word of God. We don't need some gimmicks on the stage. We don't need entertainment on the churches. We need churches to preach the undiluted word of God. And the word of God is preached. We see the mirror of God's face and we can see ourselves according to how we are based on the word of God. Hear an amen church. Very sad to see the kinds of trends that are happening worldwide. Churches are changing. Entertainment and dances and things have been made to suit people. New year services have become like a party. There's no difference between a club and a church. Dear friends, we need the word of God. And we need to hold on to good traditions to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. Community life. The word of God. And then how the growth happens. Growth does not happen from me. Growth happens by the agent of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enables growth in the community as well as in the individuals. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with an ever-increasing glory. So what is our aim? Our aim is not to become like pastor, not to dress up like pastor, not to comb like the pastor, not to sing like the pastor. That's happening around. Our aim is to contemplate the Lord's glory in the word of God that is given to us. And that's my aim for us. So that we will grow. Look at that. Are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. And from where the glory comes, where the transformation comes, it says, which comes from the Lord, Jesus Christ. And by the what agent? Who is the spirit? The Trinity is involved in transforming us. The Lord Jesus Christ and the spirit of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is involved in transforming us as we renew ourselves in the community and from the word of God, in the spirit of God. Amen? So there is always a forward progress. So don't miss this, what I'm telling you. It is a community. A growing believer is involved in a community of believers and they give attention to the word of God in which they see the glory of the person of Christ, growth takes place. Something dramatic takes place. Otherwise, nothing happens. Community 
word of god i'll read that again a growing believer is a part of the community of believers who give attention to the word of god in which they see the glory of the person of christ and then growth takes place and something dramatic takes place there is no regression there is no pause in a child of god's life you know that over the last couple of weeks we are day and night busy in the ministry and no regrets we are ready in season and off season to preach for the lord to work for the lord to give pastoral cares amen why because we don't operate in our strength we operate in the strength of the almighty god there is no stoppage there is no pause there is no break in our christian we may go for vacations but even there we are growing we don't shut this book off we use that book even in our vacations aeroplane once it hits the sky once it takes off there is no stoppage what happens when it stops it crashes a believer should be like that once we take off once we are seeing and tasting the goodness of god and taste how good our salvation is there is no stop there is no vacation we are always in the process of being transformed 24 by 7 by the power and the grace of god now quickly i want to come to second peter how does that growth look like what are those stages how i can really grow In Second Peter, Peter is continuing to write this speech to these people who are persecuted in Rome and the Roman province, the Christians. And imagine what kind of man was Peter—a very bold man and very uh, immature man. Uh, he would jump out for everything when he was with Jesus. He was even denying Jesus. But you know what happened on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came upon him? this man got transformed this man got absolutely transformed and now he's writing his epistle to the people who are suffering the churches that are suffering in the roman province and he's also instrumental in the writings of mark the first gospel because he gave his inputs to mark and look at his transformation what peter says in second peter chapter 1 verse 5 for this very reason make every effort to add to your faith goodness look at that he's talking about spiritual maturity spiritual growth and he's telling that you need to make effort to add to your faith goodness so what is the quality of a growing person first of all it is faith in the lord jesus christ you need faith and then the growth happens So if you are listening to me and you want to grow as a good human being you want to grow as a good child of God and you want to know the one true God it starts by having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ believing in the Lord Jesus Christ that he is the one true God and he can bring us satisfaction and life and Peter starts with that and how beautifully Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 1 to 4 look at that his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ Simon Peter a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those through the righteousness of our god that means what he is talking to people who are in faith and savior jesus christ have received a faith as precious as ours dear friends faith in jesus is a very precious thing for us and is writing to saints who have received jesus christ and if anybody over here who have never received jesus christ receive jesus into your life 
just accept him as the Lord who came into this world in flesh, died for us, rose again on the third day, and he's coming back again and appropriate his sacrifice for your sin and the sins of this world, and you're born again, and you have got faith. And when you have got faith, you are at that starting point of that race, that Christian race of growth in Christ Jesus. Now read what Peter says. For this very reason, verse 5, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. In other words, if you want to grow, you need to have the right motivation for growth. Right motivation. And what is that motivation? Come to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. The right motivation for growth. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through this, he has given us his very great and precious promise so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desire. So what is the motivation of Peter over here? The motivation is a godly life. My growth is not to puff up my head knowledge, but it should result in me living a godly life. Church people, when they speak in the marketplace, you really wonder they're whether the believers, filthy languages, trying to steal money from people, deny the wages of the poor people, we are transformed so that we will lead a godly life. Sometimes I know some vendors are cheating me. I take that apple and by the time he packs from the behind, he will take one rotten apple and he'll put it. But I close my eyes. Why? He has to sell that. If that apple is wasted, I'll take that loss, but let him be blessed. Sometimes I go to one vendor and the next vendor, he may be five rupees more. You know what I think? That five rupees, let him be blessed. What can I do with five rupees? What can I do with 10 rupees? Intentionally allow people to have that money. Just close your eyes. Practice godliness when you are in the marketplace, when you are dealing with people. You know that they have harmed you, but love them. That's where we grow. You know these people are difficult to be with, but still, I will try my best. Friends, growing in the Lord is not head knowledge. That head knowledge has to transform in our day-to-day -day life. Growing in a godly life. Resisting sin, adulterous lifestyle. That is growing in God. Lies. How frequently we say lies. We don't bother about lies. Tip of the tongue, we lie to people. And we know when people lie. You know when people lie to you, right? But we lie conveniently. Growing in godliness is overcoming all this. Stop lying. And to participate in the divine nature. 
God is not having this nature. He is generous. He is loving. He is humble. He is kind. He is forgiving. God never lies. He never changes his word. And that's growing. How beautiful our families will be. The church will be. If we all can grow in godliness and in that divine nature. We need to have the right motivation for growth. Sadly, some people have the wrong motivation for growth. To show that they are very spiritual. To show that they are very pious. Some people want to grow because they want to be successful in their family. Successful in their business. They want their prayers to be answered. That's why they want to grow. That's the wrong motivation. To meet all the wants in life. My children have to go to the US. We are applying for Canada. That's why Lord, I do something. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm coming to coming for the fasting prayer because I need that Canada visa. That's the wrong motivation to grow. Motivation to grow should be for godly life and to participate and become like Christ. Everything that we need, God will add to us. Change the way you think regarding God. Don't put God like a Santa Claus who can just keep giving you goodies. No, we need to become like God. Our nature has to change inside out to participate in that nature. And for that you need the community. You need the word of God. You need the Holy Spirit. And growth automatically happens. Let me tell you, coming to City Harvest, has your life not changed? Because this is a community. You experience love here. You experience acceptance no matter what background you come from. You experience forgiveness in this place. Friends, let's grow together. Let's set aside every preferences. Some people want worship this way. Some people want worship that way. Some people are preferring this songs. Some people prefer that songs. Forget all that. I will participate for the glory of God. Do you know that your preferences are not the next person's preference? So what do we do in a community? We all participate. Because people are from different culture here. From different languages. Different age groups have different preferences. So how do we grow? We grow in maturity, understanding, humility, submission. Remember yesterday's message. Friends, I'm speaking this message from my heart. I would like to see grown up mature believers at City Harvest. People who are rich in the word of God. You will be able to discern every wind of false doctrines that are happening in this world. And be straight, pure, true for our Lord Jesus Christ. Have a godly life. Participate in that divine nature. And then it takes effort. Peter says, 2 Peter 1.5 Make every effort to grow. It takes effort. Right? You want to develop your gym muscles? It takes effort. Right? It doesn't happen automatically. Years before we, myself and Glory, enrolled in a gym. And, uh, and when we went to the gym, there used to be guys who come just for the muscle built up. And after every workout, there are huge mirrors over there. They will see to themselves. Is it building? So after every workout, they want to pump their muscles. 
and and there was one particular guy who was around 6 feet 1 who would do every workout and he will go and stand in front of the mirror do this wow wow i wish we went to the word of god looked at our own self and we said wow effort enthusiasm is needed in christian life don't lose your first love don't make it as a religious practice to follow christ when india is playing england you will wake up in the middle of the night and watch the england timing play enthusiasm but do you have the same enthusiasm to come to church what time you come to church after worship is over somehow i need to participate from the communion and then finish and go off friends intentionally we are closing the services a little early this is time for you to fellowship don't just run away stand get introduced to people brother such a joy to have you where are you from next week renew that fellowship catch up in a coffee day discuss about the bible discuss about god go and fellowship this is the place don't come here as strangers there are people who love you there are people who care for you there are people who can pray for you you will find the right people in this community so don't just come and walk away the moment the benediction is done there is growth that can happen strength you can find in the church give it all effort and then the progress happens most look at the progress that peter says over here for this very reason verse 5 make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge look at the growth you're growing and to knowledge self control to self control perseverance to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love and in verse 8 it says if you possess these qualities in increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective so you will be effective when we grow and unproductive in your knowledge of our lord jesus christ so you will be effective and productive in our knowledge of jesus christ when we grow but if anyone does not have them he is near sighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins forgotten the first love therefore was 10 my brothers be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure if you do these things you will never fail look at how beautifully the bible tells us if you do these things you will never fail and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our lord and savior jesus christ so what are the benefits of growth peter very clearly says in this passage that we will be effective and productive in our knowledge of jesus we will never stumble peter says in verse 10 you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom when we grow in the presence of god 
Shall we introspect our own lives? Where is it that the Holy Spirit is urging you to grow? Where is it that you are lacking in your spiritual disciplines? Where is it the sin has crept into your life? Tell God, I want to grow in these areas. Enable me. Help me in these areas. And I want to grow.